ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, welcome back to the No Higher Calling podcast. I can hardly believe it, but we are wrapping up a year of our Respectable Sins Bible study. So I hope that you've been following with me uh, really through this journey throughout the year as we have just looked at these different sins that, as we've said so many times, culture just tends to, um, they're not the gross and ugly sins. They're the ones that are kind of our pet sins, the ones that we brush to the side and think, well, that's not such a big deal in my life. Um, you know, I'm still... I still look like a Christian on the outside. It's okay that I might harbor a little bit of gossip or a little bit of pride or something like that in my heart. Um, But we've just been having this prayer, the prayer that David prayed in Psalm, that God would order our steps in his word and that no iniquity, not any, any iniquity would have dominion over us. And so we have looked at so many different sins. We've looked at ungodliness anxiety and frustration, discontentment, unthankfulness, pride, selfishness, a lack of self-control, impatience and irritability, anger, um, the different weeds of anger, resentment, bitterness, enmity, grudges, strife. We've looked at judgmentalism, envy, jealousy, competitiveness, having a controlling spirit, sins of the tongue, gossip, slander, lying, harsh critical words. We've looked at worldliness, worldliness in regards to money, uh, vicarious immorality, idolatry, we have just uh, really done a deep dive into so many uh, different sins, and I've heard from so many women, and, and I'm the same way, that as we have went through this and really just sought to have a spirit of humility and ask God to use the mirror of His Word to shine a light in every corner of our heart, we've seen there's some corners that are dark, there's some corners that, that are sinful, and I pray that it is all of our heart's desire that we we just be becoming more and more like Christ, that we continue to walk on the road of sanctification as we allow God to transform us, to, um, to not just be content, to be to stay at salvation. You know, I'm so thankful that Jesus Christ saved my soul. My sins are forgiven. I know that heaven is my home, but that is not, um, that's not an end point. That is the beginning point. That is the start of a whole new life of, of the pursuit of Christ likeness that every day, every moment of every day that I am seeking to become more like my savior. And as I seek to become more and more like him, it's not just a putting on of love and um, of patience and of peace, these fruits of the spirit. It is also putting off things that are unholy, that are not um, becoming of Christ, things that Satan really, and, and as we talk about specifically in respectable sins, lies that Satan has made us believe, lies that Satan says of 
well, it's just a little white liar. It's just, you know, just a version of the truth or, well, you know, we're just, we're not gossiping. We're just trying to share prayer requests and, you know, these things that um, we just tend to, to brush aside, but allowing any root of any of these sins to, to grow into our heart um, will produce a fruit that we do not want, an ugly fruit, a fruit that keeps us from becoming more like our Lord. And so that's what this study has been. Um, we've gone through all these different things. We've taken a deep dive, and and I've been convicted. I have been convicted, and, and I really hope that you have as well. And conviction is not a fun thing, um, but it is a necessary part of this transformational work, of this road of sanctification. So that is why I say that I hope that you've been convicted, um, because I hope that God is doing that transforming work in your heart as well as we are studying the scripture. Um, And and the Bible says that God's word does not return void, that it is um, quick and powerful to to correct, to instruct us in righteousness. And that's what the goal of this study has been, for God's word to correct us, reprove us, and to instruct us in righteousness. So we come to the end of this study. We've looked at all these different things. And really our question is, okay, so where from here? Where do we go from here? We've realized um, that, that we have things in our hearts that need rooted out. And, and I hope along the way that as the Holy Spirit has convicted you, that you have confessed that before the Lord. You know, let me challenge you to keep short sin accounts with the Lord. You know, we've been talking to our children and trying to help them to understand that just because you accept Christ as your Savior does not mean that you don't sin anymore. We still have this old man that is in us. We still have the flesh. Um, And so I don't need forgiveness from my sins in a salvation way. God has taken care of that once and for all um, by His death on the cross and my trusting in Him as my Savior. But I I need to confess these things now post-salvation to ask Him to help me, to ask the Holy Spirit to enable me to have victory over these sins in my life so that, again, like I said, I can pursue Christ-likeness and and be a, a Christian, be a little Christ. That is what Christian means. You know, all those years ago in the New Testament, the term Christian was a derogatory term used by a worldly culture to make fun of the followers of Christ. They poked fun at them. They jabbed at them and said, well, you're just little Christs. But ladies, let's wear that name Christian as a badge of honor. We are to be little Christs. We are to reflect him. We are to be an example of who he is to a lost and dying world. And if we are going to be the best example that we can be, then we need to keep these short accounts with Christ. We need to keep Keep our hearts right with him. I want to look at Luke 7, verses 36 through 50. It's a little bit of a lengthy passage, so bear with me. But we're going to read um, about the transformation that God did in the life of a woman. It says, And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisees, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor, which had two debtors, the one owed five hundred pence and the other fifty. 
and when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman, and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears, and wiped them with the very hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou dost not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, Her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. You know, ladies, we have been forgiven much. God has forgiven us of so much. And the amazing thing is that our wretchedness, our sinfulness does not cause him to turn from us with disdain, with, with a rejection, with a, with a, I don't want to touch that filth attitude. No, it endears him to us. He says, I have forgiven much. Therefore, she will love much. The sinful woman realized how sinful she was and how much she had been forgiven. So she loved much. And as we grow in our awareness of Christ's love for us, as, as we see that in the gospel, that love drives our love for him. And, and as our heart grows in love for the Savior, it can't help but wane in our love for the world. The more we fall in love with Jesus Christ, the less the things of the world, the less the sins of the world, the less the lies of Satan have a hold on us because our hearts are so captivated by Christ. And I think that's the, the a beautiful ending to this study is, okay, so so what do we do? We've seen that we're, we're sinful. Does that mean we have to live in, in bondage of guilt and shame? No, there's freedom found in Christ. Take your sins to him. Ask for forgiveness, whether that be first and foremost in salvation, or if that is just to keep short accounts, to keep a right heart with Christ if you have accepted him as your savior. But fall more in love with him. How do we fall more in love with him? by getting to know him. How did I fall more in love with my husband? I got to know him. I spent time with him. I spoke with him. He spoke with me. We shared our hearts. Ladies, God has given us his word. That is his heart. He wants us to spend time getting to know his heart. And as you come to know the heart of our Savior, you will fall in love with him because he is the fairest of the fair, the loveliest of the lovelies, true beauty at its core. That is our savior. And as we come to realize, yes, our sinfulness, but more than that, the sacrifice that God made so that we can be presented holy before God, it just endears our heart to him in such an amazing way. And I think one of the worst things that we could do in coming through a study like this is to have seen sins in our lives, but to deny, to deny them to not change, to not confess them, to say, well, I'm content to, to stay as I am. Um, that's the greatest sin that we could commit in looking at something like this. 
And, you know, maybe you're sitting there and just like, well, you know, I, I don't really know. You know, I, uh, you know, okay, well, maybe this one is an obvious issue. Like, I know I struggle with this, but but maybe this one, I'm not so sure. Um, maybe ask, ask your husband. Ask someone that is close to you in your life. Ask them, um, you know, is this something that, that you notice in me? Is this something that you see that I struggle with? And that is hard to do, ladies. Be, I've done it. That That's why I know it's so hard to do. Um, you know, I'm very critical on myself. Um, but I don't like it when other people are critical of me. And maybe it's because I'm so self-critical that when I miss something, it just, it, it, it doesn't go with the nature of our flesh to have other people point out our faults, but, but not in a condescending way. But if you go to your spouse and say, look, I want to be like Christ and I'm studying through these things and look at this list with me, look at these things. I mean, we've talked about all these different things. I mentioned them at the beginning of this episode. Ask them, do you see any of this in my life? You know, is there something that I'm missing, um, you know, because I'm seeing through my own personal lens? Um, and, and try to have a, a spirit of humility. You know, God says in 1 Peter 5, 5, at the end, it says, For God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Let's come before God in humility and let's be willing to say we're wrong when we're wrong and to make the change that we need to make to become more like the Lord. The author says at the end of the book, he says, Remember that our progressive sanctification, that is, our putting off sin and putting on Christ's likeness, rests on two foundational stones, the righteousness of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Always look to Christ and his perfect righteousness for your standing and your acceptableness to God. Sometimes when we see the ugliness of our sin, we wonder how on earth could a holy, righteous God love me? How could he want a relationship with me? But it's not based on us. It's based on the righteousness of Christ. He stands before God on our account. He presents us acceptable to God on his account, on what he has done for us us. And ladies, just delight in that fact. Delight in that truth. And and don't don't let this study shame you or make you dwell in guilt. Um, lean on Christ. Trust in the finished work of Christ on the cross, what he has done for us. And stand before the throne of God um, with, with a holy boldness, with a respect and a reverence, of course but with a boldness that you are a child of God. Jesus Christ making a way for us to be reconciled to God through salvation allows us to be a child of the King of Kings. Don't let any of these sins, these things that are so temporal, interfere with the intimacy that God of the universe wants to have with you, his child Keep your heart right with the Lord. Um, spend time in prayer. Spend time in study. Um, spend time asking Him, Lord, order my steps in your word. Let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Keep me right with you. Keep that intimacy so sweet with, with our God, with our King, and with Him, the lover of our souls. Let's just close this study out in prayer, ladies. Lord, I thank you that you love us in spite of us, that as we've went through this study and seen 
ugliness after ugliness of sin in our own hearts, that we know that that doesn't turn you from us, but that endears you to us more as you are the Savior of, of man, as you're, the, as you're our personal Savior. Lord, I pray that if there are any women listening who have not trusted you as their Lord and Savior, that that will be the first thing that will happen in their lives. That you will convict them of their sin, that they will come to know you as Savior of their hearts, that they will come to have their sins forgiven, Lord. But then past that, I pray that we not live into bondage of guilt and shame and the lies that Satan would love to keep us held down with, Lord, but that we will stand with, with Christ before your throne with his righteousness imputed on our account that we can be becoming Christ, that we can follow his example, that we will walk this road of sanctification, that we will fall so in love with you that the things of this world will have no hold on our hearts, will have no place in characterizing uh, who we are as a, as a follower of Christ, Lord. I pray that you'll just help me and each one of these listeners to keep short accounts and to to just exemplify you in all that we say, all that we do, all that we think. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.